0: Welcome to St. Alphonsus Wellcast, the podcast where we explore the many facets of health and well-being. This podcast is brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Well-Being and a generous grant from the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Thanks for listening
1: and enjoy the show.
0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Saint Alphonsus Podcast, Our Wellcast. My name is Amy James. I'm a registered dietitian with the Corporate Health and Wellbeing Department, and today we've got Gabby Bubar. She's another registered dietitian. Hi, Gabby. Hi. And we also have Kim Cleveland. She's our in-house nurse practitioner. What's up, Kim? Hello. Uh, today we are going to talk about something really important, and that is the wonderful, wide, vast world of health information where we get it from, what we decide to pay attention to, and adhere to, and listen to, and what we shouldn't listen to. Um, It can be quite complex. And so we are excited to dive into this a little bit deeper. And with that, I'm going to let Kim take it away uh, with some talking points at
1: first. So finding accurate health information is a really important topic to me, because in my background, I did a lot of primary care and family medicine. And people came in with all kinds of information from all kinds of sources, (laughs) you can imagine. A lot of it, I feel like, was generational or, um, you know, depending on maybe talking to a relative or a friend of a friend or getting things from the TV and from advertisements um, on the internet, of course, magazines. There's just so many places you can get health information and some Mm -hmm. of it may or may not be true, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So pretty much you're just bombarded with information, I feel like, in general right now. Anywhere you go, it can be really overwhelming. Um, I think it can be really difficult too when you're looking specifically for information about a topic and then you find a couple of different sources and they say things that are completely contradictory. Um, so, unfortunately, in those situations, our tendency is often just to see whatever sounds good to us and go with it a little bit, which can kind of create a little bit of a problem depending on you know your degree of education about a topic at the baseline or mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you're getting that source from or who sounds the most convincing mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure everybody hears oh yeah yes i it's funny because even
0: as healthcare workers i do this i do too um i like i'll do the google search or whatever and you're so right that i tend to lean into things that um, are kind of like self-fulfilling right or right. <laughs> that's like no this is what i believe so this is what i'm going to choose to believe
1: exactly mm-hmm. yeah or you read and, it and you're like eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that, I'll just skip that. <laughs> yeah, that might up, require me to make a big change, change in my I life, and think, I don't like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. well, you bring up a really good point that you know we live in this world now where we have so much information at our fingertips. Like it's just mm-hmm. a Google click away. It's a, you know, a button away. It's a phone call away. It's an ad away. And so I think really the problem is like how do we even organize this information and how do we discern between what's legitimate and what's not? Um, and I'll say as a dietitian, you know there so much information out there about nutrition. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, kind of a double-edged sword. It's a really great thing. I think I'm, I feel really lucky to be alive in this time when knowledge is so vast and wide and, and easily accessible, but it's also made our jobs, at least, quite
1: complicated. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, And then I do think it's interesting, too, like, whoever speaks the loudest is heard, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. some of the sources you may look for, the person may seem really knowledgeable or very convincing Mm -hmm. or, you know, they may have a flashy ad or something like that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's the place you need to get your information from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so the first place I'm going to recommend that everybody gets their health information from is from their healthcare provider. Yay. When you go in for a office visit, ask for that printed summary of your visit, ask for any handouts they have related to your health or your condition. You can ask them to draw you a picture, you can ask them for any resources they have to offer if you're just not understanding and this is a good idea for many reasons. One is that your healthcare provider should be providing you with information you can trust. Two is, when I go in, I forget everything I've talked about with them after I leave. And inevitably, I will go home and have a family member ask me, what did they say? And it's really helpful just to have that handout or that reminder of what was talked about just to relate to people who care about you as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. And I think this is an important time to say, don't be afraid to ask
0: questions to your provider. That's exactly what they're there for. I think it's, you know, there's uh, two things going on here as well as, you know, we have access to our phones and the internet. And so it can be really easy to just, okay, no, I'm just going to Google it, you know, XYZ. I Y, Z. I don't want to burden my healthcare provider. I don't want to take their time, but that's what they're there for. And that's what, you know, I know as a dietitian, my favorite times with my clients and my patients are when they ask me the random questions mm-hmm. that are easily Googleable, Googleable. Um, but just get comfortable with asking questions.
1: I think that's great. And then bringing in questions at the beginning of your visit to ask, mm-hmm. and then afterward if you've forgotten things if you're on like a patient portal or have my chart or one of those other um, options you can always send an email to your provider afterward and don't be afraid to do that either that is exactly mm-hmm. what they're there for yeah and sometimes I've done this personally I'll kind of type up a little list of questions I have going in or things that have come up before like just a check in or like a well check kind of visit just so I don't forget mm-hmm. like cause there's like a bunch of different things going on so it's mm-hmm. just like a reminder like okay here's my little checklist I want to go through while I have time with them Yeah, that's a really great idea. Um, Okay, so I would be remiss if I did not talk about the internet. So that is where we're going to go now. (laughs) The exact opposite of your healthcare provider. It's a wonderful tool. You can find information about everything. Um, But I do have some tools and sort of a checklist for you that you can follow to help you look at a website objectively and know if the information is accurate outside of the flashiness or, you know, whether or not you agree with the information. So, (laughs) The first question is is the website affiliated with a government agency, a university, or a professional organization? So those would be websites that end in .edu, .gov, or .org. Those are your best bet in terms of containing vetted information, whereas websites ending in .com are commercial websites and they're just less guaranteed to provide good information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these like prescription drug websites, may end in .com, and maybe they have really great information about your topic of interest, but they may be skewed towards getting you to take their medication right. or something like that. Yep. Um, and then the second thing to look at is who wrote the article. You want to look at the author, who they are, if they're a medical doctor, what their credentials are, do they have any professional affiliations? So, just as an example, say you want to look up reflux. Or you know, stomach pain, is the person that wrote the article a gastroenterologist? Where do they work? Are they affiliated with the American College of Gastroenterology? Basically, what's their authority to provide this education? And then, do they provide any other references as mm-hmm. well? Um, I found a lot of health information on some of the more commercial wellness available websites. You'll see are maybe written by like a health editor, and mm-hmm. maybe they like have someone reviewing their articles. And not to say that those can't be trustworthy. Those can be um, sometimes, but they aren't written directly from the source. So you're kind of get, playing a game of telephone eventually. And so it may not provide as detailed or as accurate information. But I can't say that every single one of those options is terrible either. Mm-hmm. Just something to think about. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about where not to get health information. <laughs> I like this topic. <laughs> uh, number one is Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Um, a lot of that's going to be about individual experiences, and it can be really valuable. Like, there's lots of actually like support groups and mm-hmm. people who are connecting over shared experiences or diagnoses on social media, but it's really not a good place to get information about what you should do with your health. Um, I'm sure both of you as dietitians have heard like, oh, I saw some, you know, one of my favorite influencers or a friend on Facebook has tried X diet yeah. and has oh, done yeah. really well mm-hmm. on it. Definitely, yeah. and like Instagram too. Mm -hmm. TikTok, all of those Mm -hmm. social media platforms, it's Mm -hmm. very prevalent. Like I see it too, like constantly coming through. Oh, yeah. And it's so readily available. It's so like easily, you know, know, easy to access that too. So it gets confusing. Yeah. And I think, you
0: know, there's value in both knowledge and experience, Mm -hmm. but um, you definitely want to go to the professionals as a source of what you should do or what you should be trying um, before you get to anecdotal, experiential, this is what happened to me, this is what worked for me kind of information. Yeah, definitely.
1: And that can be hard too because a lot of the times those people seem like your peers Mm -hmm. or people you can really relate to on a lot of levels. You know, maybe if you're, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I'm like a mom of two little kids and a working mom. And then, you know, maybe I'm struggling with, not feeling super energetic, or carrying a little extra weight, or whatever the issue is, and then I find my favorite influencer who swears by this shake in the morning that's right. helped them, or this type of diet, or whatever it is, and now insert they insert eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can play with their kids and go to work and they feel great and it just kind of like tugs at your heartstrings in a way Mm -hmm. that more like objective Mm -hmm. (laughs) paper information won't but doesn't necessarily mean it's the best.
0: And I think on the opposite side of that too so what that can kind of generate um, on the other end of that so let's say you know you see this influencer and you're really moved by their story and their anecdotes and so you're like okay I'm going to buy this product this is going to work for me this is going to take me out of my slump and then it ends up not working Mm -hmm. and then there comes a tidal wave of like guilt and shame and what's wrong with me why is this Mm -hmm. not working for me And I think if most of us would utilize our providers and utilize credible sources, and when Kim says something that's vetted, we're meaning, you know, evidence-based. We see it in the literature. We see it in the science. It's backed by science. If we go that route, you're much more likely to have a targeted individualized intervention. um, And your success rate for your first attempt is, you know, going to go up. Mm -hmm. Not say that it's going to be the best, but again, you're going to have that guidance from a provider versus going at it alone. 100%.
1: 100%. I think it always helps to have someone really in your court, like you're talking about there, kind of helping guide you throughout the process. And you just won't get that as much on the internet. Mm-hmm. The one exception I have for the internet is going to be a surprise, and that's mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So YouTube is, is doing some really great stuff to help sort of combat disinformation and... Many, first of all, many professional organizations have their own YouTube channels because they want to use the internet as a learning modality, a teaching modality for patients and people in the world. So they can be good sources like, you know, the American Diabetes Association or the American Heart Association. They have really great videos on YouTube as well. But... When it comes from one of those entities or another, there will be a little bar at the bottom of YouTube that will sort of say whether or not that information is credible. And YouTube, like if you click on YouTube, they tell you all of their criteria that they're using to actually vet some of this information. So while it may not cover every video that's being published, if it's getting a lot of views or if it contains information about certain health conditions, they are doing a decent job vetting it. So if you see something, you can look for that to kind of know if you can trust it or not.
0: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I was surprised, too. But basically, just to recap all of what we talked about, this will all be in the show notes. But the number one thing is to ask your healthcare provider questions when you're looking for health information. Um, To always sort of be thoughtful when you're looking on the internet or in magazines or other sources, like, is this article or is this information trying to get me to buy something or do something? Because that would be a red flag that you would not want to listen to that information necessarily. And then if you are looking on the internet, sort of looking at the website and its affiliation, the author of the article and their affiliations and credentials, um, looking at who has the authority to provide education and really who do you want to trust um, and kind of judging that for yourself. And then also you can always take that information into your healthcare provider to talk about whether or not it's trustworthy or accurate as well. Mm-hmm. And then avoiding Facebook, personal blogs and Reddit <laughs> 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 for, for your health information. Um, YouTube being an exception that it might be a good option. Mm-hmm.
0: But hopefully this was helpful. It's super helpful. Mm-hmm. I have a couple questions for you. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of, I'm, like, surprising you with this question, so it's okay if you're not sure. But, like, do you have any recommendations for people who find themselves, like, really grabbing their phone at the, you know, at the instant that they see that a mole has changed, you know, like, point – Zero five 5 percent you know, mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I think what we might hear pretty often is are those people who kind of identify as, like, a hypochondriac. Yeah. Um, and who are really quick to source information from the internet, freak themselves out. Right. Give themselves anxiety. Like, do you, any coping mechanisms for that? Maybe just, like, strengthening your relationship with your provider or, you know... Anything.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, knowing your body is an important thing. So if you feel like something's off, I don't necessarily think dismissing it as the right option. I think um, as someone who has done this with issues, at two o'clock in the morning, nothing's going to get done. So unless it's truly an emergency, like really trying to breathe through it, talk yourself through a plan, maybe writing down what your symptoms are so you won't forget in the morning. I think you know I've heard people say and you know they wake in the middle of the night and then they're just worried that they'll forget even what they thought about it or something by the time they wake up and there's a lot of anxiety there. But um, you know, if you do feel really compelled to look up information, like going to professional organizations to find out what the um, recommendations are for having certain things evaluated, um, is important. But, but yeah, sort of strengthening that relationship with your provider, where you know that you can email them in the morning or call them in the morning to sort of go through some of these concerns you have or get a visit, I think is a really important part of um, using the healthcare system in the way that's most useful.
0: I think this also kind of brings back you know, something that we always talk about, which is disengaging from technology mm-hmm. <laughs> from mm-hmm. time to time and making sure that you're respecting your off time um, with uh, even accessing health information through your phone um, could be a healthy habit uh, that you could start forming today to kind of ease that
1: as well. Yeah, um, 100%. I think yeah. that's a really important part of it is sort of, Taking a deep breath mm-hmm. with all of the things that, because it can be really anxiety provoking when you feel something new or notice something new about your body. That can be really a big time of anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great. Um, this is a nice short uh, recap
0: for um, disseminating and, um, you know, looking through health information and deciding what you're going to listen to and what you're going to bring to your provider. Hopefully, all of you guys will take some of this information and bring it to your provider the next time you. Uh, feel so inclined any final thoughts from you guys
1: no i don't think so
0: all righty well that concludes <laughs> our podcast on health information and we look forward to uh, chatting with you guys next time thanks yes. so much thanks a lot thanks. thank you for listening to this episode of saint alphonsus wellcast brought to you by saint alphonsus corporate health and well-being and the saint alphonsus foundation Always be sure to catch new episodes by subscribing to us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. We hope you'll tune in again. Until then, be well.